0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Knowledge with Homage. Today is the 9th of December, 2020, and I am the host, David Castle, a.k.a., ah, just David Castle. How's everyone doing? Uh, Crazy world out there, isn't it? Crazy, crazy world. You gotta get away. You gotta go have some fun. You gotta, gotta... Separate yourself from society. I did that a couple days ago. Went over to Pyramid Lake. Did some fishing. I was just alone. Somebody's got to do it. I don't have anyone to go with. At least not on a weekday. It was pretty cool, man. That place is a trip. I caught a giant fish. Biggest fish I have ever caught. It was fucking huge. I was blown away. I was like, what am I going to do with this thing? I didn't have anywhere to put it. I didn't bring anything to store the fish in. I brought like a... Like a bag from the store, grocery bag. It was way too big for that. It was fucking 30 inches long. It weighed like 10 pounds. <clears throat> it was fucking huge. So I had to wrap it in a towel, put it in the back of my Jeep. And then I made it last night. I cooked her up. And it was delicious. It was huge. It was like steaks, you know. I was able to feed the whole house. They had like four people eating this one fish. And I still got <clears throat> a bunch of fish left over. So maybe I'll make some fish tacos. I don't know. Yeah, Pyramid Lake's pretty cool. You catch some impressive trout there. I think mine was a uh, Lahontan cutthroat trout. Could have been a record setter. No, actually, I thought it was for a second. I was like, this has got to be the biggest fish ever caught here. The biggest fish caught there, 41 pounds. 41 pounds. That's a lot. That's a big fish. Other than that... I went to Walmart yesterday, which I hate. I hate going to Walmart, but you got to do it once in a while, right? You got to get groceries. You got to just buy stuff. And Walmart is the most convenient place to do it. At least that's what they make you think because they have everything. So it's like you can have one stop, get everything you need, and then go home. But it's never that easy. At the Walmart in my town, or one of them because there's two, I try to go to the one where there's less people. And they have this whole new self-checkout thing that is, I've never seen before. they got two checkers, like 100 checkout stands, but only two people actually working there, only two humans. And the rest is the self-checkout thing. And Walmart is just the epitome of that corporation that wants you gone. They only want your money. They're not trying to employ any humans. They They would go fully automated if they had the opportunity to. And I think that's the plan. I think that's what COVID-19 is really about. This is that great reset that people like Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum are talking about where nobody has a job anymore. You just kind of sit at home. I don't know what you do. Fucking, you just sit there. But you don't have a job and uh, everyone has to scan their own groceries. Simple as that. Kind of sucks. And then, of course, you got the asshole in front of you who doesn't know how to use the thing, and it's like, why'd you even choose this line? Because the, cause there was no line. So you went there and you tried to scan your own shit, but you don't know what you're doing. You gotta get a clue, man. I can't get mad at that guy. I'm mad at Walmart. I'm mad at the Walmart family for getting rid of all humans. Man, if you think about it, this time we live in, and to be a a 20-something-year-old, you know, up almost 30-year-old, or even older than that, it's a pretty crazy time we've we've seen this uh, the transformation of the world. Like I remember when there used to be real humans fucking scanning your shit and putting it in a bag for you, and nobody wore a mask. And that seems like a, an eternity ago. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy world. Now, uh, also another phenomenon, just from my my personal anecdotal experiences here. So there's this bar in my town. I'm not going to give away the name of the bar. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. If you're from around here, you probably know which one I'm talking about. But nobody wears a mask there. Nobody has, I mean, like, since they reopened it, which I don't know, I guess I was in sometime in the summertime, and it's been open ever since. They haven't been following any of the regulations, really. I mean, the bartenders wear the mask because they have to. Other than that, people drinking there, nobody wears a mask. It's almost like real life. It's almost like a normal normal place. And it got me thinking, you know, like since nobody is wearing the mask there, nobody wears it. It's a social thing. It's it's like a peer pressure type of thing. So when nobody's wearing it, nobody wears it. And it's cool. But then you go to a place like Walmart and those same people who you might have saw at the bar the previous night living it up, no mask, going fucking crazy, not worried about a thing in the world. Everyone wears the mask in Walmart even though you don't have to. You can take that shit off. You don't even have to wear it at all. I had somebody offer me one. I said, no, thank you. I'm exempt. Sometimes I'm just feeling rebellious. Because I've gone over on this show probably dozens of times now, How the masks don't do anything. It's just a symbolic gesture to show your compliance with the government, whatever you want to call it. This is probably coming in really hot right now. I got my mic turned way up. I want you guys to hear everything I have to say today. Big fucking news going on right now. I do have some clips that I would like to share with you. And uh, let's do that. So in the UK, they just unveiled their first vaccine. They gave it to a 90-year-old woman. What a lucky bitch. She, uh, she's 90 years old. And they sat her down in a fucking chair and... I don't know, shot her up with this thing. Shot her up with the with the vaccine, whatever it is. And she was stoked on it. All the nurses gave him a round of applause. But don't take my word for it. Let's hear the clip from I think it was Good Morning America. Let's check it out.
1: And we're going to begin with that breaking news, a milestone in the fight against COVID-19. That's
2: right, Michael. Overnight milestone. the first vaccines were given to British citizens less than a week after the UK became the first western nation to approve a COVID-19 vaccine. That is 90-year-old Margaret Keenan. She got a round of applause from healthcare workers Woo! right after she got the vaccine. Woo! That same vaccine could be
3: authorized here in the
2: US by weeks
3: end. She's 90 years old, mm-hmm. she looks fantastic. Operational warp speeds cheap vaccine. Uh, advisor is standing by. He's going to talk to George in just a moment. But first, James Longman is there in London where those first shots are being administered. Good morning, James.
2: Yeah, good morning, Robin. A hugely important day, not just for the UK, but the whole world. The first Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine is now finally being administered to members of the public. London hospitals are among 70 across the the country where this vaccine uh, is being rolled out. And the first person to get it, you saw her there. She's urging everyone to follow her example. Oh, of course. Smiling behind the mask, 90-year-old grandmother Margaret, mask. Margaret Keenan is this morning the first person in the world to receive the Pfizer and BioNTech vaccine.
3: I'm feeling good. You look well. I was a little bit nervous, but now it's, it's going away.
2: She turns 91 next week and says it was the best early birthday present. Oh, my God. I'm looking
3: forward to Christmas. I don't think I'd be getting home so soon from hospitals. So I'm spending Christmas with um, the, the small mem- um, four of my family members, and then we'll see what happens in the new year. Britain is the first
2: nation to approve it with a rollout at 70 hospitals across the country.
3: Well, I would just say to
2: all those who are, who are scared um, don't be. And you, you've don't seen. Me. Uh, Lynn take it, you've seen Paul, you've seen people take the vaccine this morning. Uh, In large numbers, people are going to be taking it in the next few days. And the second patient to get the shot was 81-year-old William Shakespeare. William Shakespeare, can you believe that The second Shakespeare to make the history books. The first 800,000 doses are being given to those 80 years and older healthcare workers and nursing home staff. The logistics complex. The drug needs to be kept at 94 degrees below zero, with each patient receiving two doses three weeks apart. It's a process the United States will soon start, with authorization hoped for this week. If all goes well, the US will see celebrations like these very soon. This is the nurse's clapping. Yeah! Woo-hoo! Now this is something that you guys could see happening very, very soon. Margaret will need a second shot in about three weeks, and she won't be fully inoculated until about a week after that. So it's looking around the 5th of January before she's fully protected. Officials here are Urging caution, they're saying there is a long road ahead, but it does feel, guys, that we are the beginning of the end of a very long COVID nightmare. Nice to have some hope right there, James.
0: Thanks. (laughs) Nice to have some hope right there, James. Thanks. Yep, Margaret's fucked. She's gonna die. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, she is. She's 90 years old. But what a brave woman, going in and getting that vaccine, urging everyone else to do it. Best early Christmas present she could have ever gotten. Ah, crazy, crazy, crazy. And then, so, you know, they they approved it in UK, this rush vaccine, and now they're, they're talking about how they're going to transport it and roll it out and give it to all the really, really old people first and save them, I don't know, buy them an extra couple years. And an interesting thing is that one of the guys was William Shakespeare. It, it's kind of kind of weird that they chose that guy. I mean, they did that intentionally, I'm sure. And when you think about the history of William Shakespeare, a lot of people, historians, I don't know, I guess not a lot of people, a lot of people these days probably don't even know who William Shakespeare is. But historically, William Shakespeare, the playwright, you know, one of the most famous writer ever, pretty much the father of modern English, uh, some people think that he didn't even actually exist, and the name William Shakespeare was a pseudonym used by another writer uh, who some people believe was Francis Bacon. And that's a whole other story in itself. Uh, we're led to believe that Shakespeare was a, a real dude, and he wrote all of these plays. But I've heard people go into the actual history of it and the time frames and and kind of connect it back to Francis Bacon. Which is interesting. It's just an aside. Like maybe Shakespeare is one of those things we've been lied to about. Another historical thing that's just a lie, and uh, now he's coming back for the, to to demonstrate how we should all get the vaccine and it's so safe and and it's going to save us all. And it's interesting how these news readers just are salesmen for the vaccine. I mean, there's never any pushback. Against it, there's no questions being asked about the safety of it or anything. It's just, this is fantastic, and everything is going to be great as long as the whole entire world uh, takes this vaccine. So, I mean, what do you expect? It's it's ridiculous. Now, let's talk about, let's hear me talk about how they're going to distribute this thing. So, apparently, this Pfizer vaccine, Pfizer is the company who has been approved to uh, distribute their their R- mRNA vaccine uh, across the United Kingdom. And it says that 50 hospital hubs across England and a small number of other sites across Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland are the first to administer the COVID-19 vaccine. And apparently, in order to transport this thing and to store it, it has to be really cold. It has to be stored at nearly 100 degrees below zero Fahrenheit in custom-made, thermally-protected shipping containers packed with dry ice. And then they're loaded onto anonymous trucks uh, where they cross the 125 miles of the French coast and then they're sped by train under the English Channel. So, it's you know, it's a big deal. And they're even talking about how they're afraid that terrorists might fucking steal the vaccines. And so it's pretty funny. It, they're um they're surrounding this this whole rollout with this like this narrative and they they're making it seem really legit like this is the most important thing in the world and this is what the world needs. But dude, like the survival rate is 99.9% .96% or something if you're under the age of Fucking 50 or 60, I've seen all different kinds of numbers, but it's it's always the same general idea where there's no need for this vaccine, and people have come out and said that. And I have some clips of a doctor explaining how Anthony Fauci is just lying his ass off and, and spouting some unnecessary shit, which it begs the question, what is in this vaccine? What are they trying to put into us that they need in us so bad? And another interesting thing to consider is the fact that this is a global phenomenon. This isn't just Bill Gates doing this himself. This isn't just Pfizer, like one company. This is a bunch of different companies, a bunch of different individuals, different governments that are all doing this in lockstep with each other at the same time. Because uh, this week as well, Russia started giving shots of their own vaccine, which they call Sputnik V, to health workers and others, but like an earlier vaccine being offered in China, it hasn't undergone full clinical trials. Well, none of these vaccines have undergone full trials. They totally skipped over the animal testing, and something else that is happening right now is they're murdering all the minks, which is weird. A mink is an animal similar to a ferret. It's what you make a mink coat out of. And apparently the the minks have been discovered to be carriers of the COVID-19 virus. So they had to kill millions of them in some European country. I forget which one exactly. And then they buried all these minks under the ground. And then fucking zombie minks started popping out of the ground. Very strange stuff. And it made me think about that show, Utopia, on Amazon Prime. If you haven't seen that show... You gotta watch it because it is fucking crazy. Just how in your face this this whole that whole thing is. Because they are, like I said, they're just rubbing it in your face. It, the whole show is about a fake pandemic, one a virus that is intentionally released to the public because this billionaire dude, John Cusack, is who plays it in the show. Uh, and he's supposed to represent Bill Gates. He, he kind of looks like him and has the same demeanor and whatnot. He's also pushing some impossible meat type thing. Uh, the the reason he released the virus intentionally was because he wants everyone to take his vaccine. And oh, spoiler alert, by the way. Sorry, but we just got to cut to the fucking chase because no one's going to watch it anyways. I've told everyone to watch it. Nobody watches it except my friend Proto. He watched it. Uh. So the the reason he releases the virus is to put forth this vaccine. Uh, he wants the whole world to take his vaccine. And the reason he wants everyone to take his vaccine is because he has laced it with an infertility drug that is going to make it so people can't have babies because he wants to reduce the population. So that's the whole purpose of this whole thing. And the show Utopia, the, the word Utopia, centers around a comic book which is supposed to be a predictive... Programming type of thing where it predicts uh, what type of pandemic is going to roll out, and then there's all these conspiracy theorists who are trying to decipher it and stop this shit from happening. So it's like strikingly similar to what's happening right now. Like the the show, which is about a comic book, which is like predictive programming. The show itself is predictive programming because it was made before all this shit happened, like months before. It's amazing. It's it's literally amazing. I can't imagine anybody seeing this show and not recognizing the similarities to what's going on. They even have a disclaimer at the beginning of it saying that none of this is based on real life. It's just, we just made it up and don't worry about it, basically. Now, the reason I'm drawing the connection between the Minx and the show Utopia is because in the show Utopia, the way that... The guy is spreading the disease, the billionaire dude, which with his mind-control slaves. That's a very important element to this, uh, is his mind-control fucking network of slaves who who they actually have take the vaccine on air to prove its safety of it. It's a girl, too. It's a young girl, not a old chick like Margaret that we just heard in the clip. But they have him take it on air and, and prove that it's safe and everything. Of course, the girl, like, dies fucking minutes later because the vaccine doesn't work for what they say it works for and then they replace her with her mind-controlled twin sister but the way that the virus is spread is through petting zoos they have these petting zoos that go around to these different schools and they infected these fucking rabbits with this virus so when the kids pet the rabbits the kids get sick and in the show They discover this. The conspiracy theorists do who are trying to thwart the plot. They discover that it's being spread by these fucking petting zoo rabbits. And then they go and murder all these rabbits. They stomp their faces. It's very graphic. And they just kill all these rabbits with like, I I forget what they use, maybe baseball bats or something. Smash all their brains out and murder the rabbits. Maybe they light them on fire too. I can't remember exactly. And uh, I was like, holy shit. The fucking minks. Now they're killing the minks. They're saying the minks have uh, COVID-19. And then they're killing all of them, just like they did in the show, killing the rabbits. And it just makes you think, like, how much of this is just totally scripted from the beginning? Maybe, perhaps even years before. And if you look at how everything has happened in lockstep with each other... Uh, it, globally, I mean, and all the governments are working together and all of the heads of these health departments of different countries are doing exactly what they're told, even though thousands and thousands of doctors have come out to disagree with the measures that are being taken, obviously the heads of the health departments in, in pretty much all the countries across the world, um, not all of them, but fucking a vast majority of them, obviously they're part of this group and they were planted there and... and like specifically placed in that position to to do what they're doing. Now, what does that tell you? I mean, this is it's so much bigger than just a virus. <clears throat> and it's even bigger than than giving everyone this vaccine, although that's an important element of this obviously, but it's a it's the great reset. It's a whole global economic change where we're moving into a new system. And I think there's a lot of different agendas And goals that are being met for a lot of different groups. And that's why there's so much cooperation regarding this. So, if you haven't seen it, go watch the show. I'm sorry I ruined it for you. Uh, Maybe I'll go back and edit this and do a disclaimer, but probably not. Ain't, Ain't nobody got time for that. So, let's talk about the way they're moving the vaccine. It's all very scientific, all very advanced, and we should be very grateful. The vaccine pipeline. The first doses of a vaccine started to be administered in the UK on Tuesday. How the COVID-19 vaccine will be supplied to Britain. Number one, doses of the vaccine are manufactured in Belgium. Number two, bespoke vaccine freezer boxes can each hold roughly between 1,000 and 5,000 doses. And this is the very special container that has rechargeable dry ice and and different layers of it um, and insulation and stuff to keep it very nice and cold. Uh, Number three, pre-packed boxes are transported and distributed to vaccination centers. GPS trackers and thermosensors relay temperature data to ensure safe delivery. So these things are completely tracked uh, the whole way they go because as they've said, they're afraid that terrorists are going to steal it for whatever reason. I don't know, so they can immunize their fellow terrorists. I don't fucking know. Number four, at vaccination centers, the vaccines are stored in ultra low temperature freezers or in fridges once defrosted. And then finally, number five, there are plans for more than 1500 immunization centers in England prepared to receive the vaccine trials. Another thing I I picked up in this article that was interesting was talking about a place in, fuck, I can't find it. Somewhere in like Belgium, or some shit no Zurich it was in Zurich, Germany, and they were talking about how last year they built this whole entire giant special facility that was refrigerated uh specifically for the purpose of storing vaccines, almost like they knew ahead of time right that that this giant pandemic was coming because they constructed this giant vaccine warehouse at this airport uh b- before any of this happened, but that's all just coincidence and and uh you know, they just, just coincidence, nothing to see here. In fact, let's, let's read it. it. says, the biggest problem that we don't know, oh, the biggest problem is that we don't know how much is going to be sent, talking about the vaccines. Uh, the chief executive of cargo services in Belgium for Swissport International AG, Brussels Airport, is one of the most advanced in Europe for transporting pharmaceutical products at controlled temperatures. Swissport, the Zurich-based airport services provider last year, opened a $12 million pharma center at Brussels Airport. So I'm sorry, it was actually in Brussels, but the company Swissport was based in Zurich. So last year, they opened a $12 million pharma center at the Brussels Airport that can take vaccines from trucks, store them, and put them onto planes, all while controlling their temperatures. Ah, So $12 million is not much, and they just... They thought maybe it would be useful in the future. Vaccines is big business. And they try to say that uh, people like Bill Gates, he's not making no money off of vaccines or anything like that. They're making a shitload of money. Because they got paid by the government before like, to research the vaccine. And then they're going to make people pay to get it. <laughs> they're getting paid twice. They're making hella money. It's a fucking great scam. its I mean, I kind of respect it in that, in that way. I, I love me a good scam. And of course, uh, throughout this, they're talking about how they have to do all these super specific things to transport the virus and they don't want to fuck it up because if, if it gets uh, too hot, it, apparently it's ruined and then all that. So they're talking about how they won't be able to get it to Africa. Africa is in great danger. They're worried that they won't be able uh, to get enough vaccines to Africa. And Africa is always the center of attention of many of these globalist people because there's too many people there. Too many black people. They're fucking racist, dude. These people who control the world. And if there is an infertility element to this drug, which some people are saying there is, I'm not saying I know if there is or there isn't. I know that there was in Utopia, but that's just a TV show. But let's say hypothetically there was some sort of Thing in this vaccine that caused people to be infertile, caused it so they couldn't reproduce. Maybe even they get sick and die. I don't know. But I would say the place where they would want that to ravage the most would be Africa. It's always in their crosshairs to kill the Africans. It's fucking sad, dude. It's bullshit. And these vaccine companies will go and experiment on these poorer countries uh, in Africa and places like India. And in fact, Bill Gates is actually banned from India because because his polio vaccine caused so much harm there. And that's a fact. That's something they try to keep hidden and try to say isn't true, but it is true. Now, along with that, so the UK, you know, beginning their vaccinations, talking about a glimpse of life after COVID. But we're still going to have to social distance. We're still going to have to wear our PPE Fucking hate that name either. I hate when anyone says that. Where's your PPE, bro? Fuck you. Fucking dumb. But yeah, we're still gonna have to social distance. We're still gonna have to wear masks. And they're saying this could last for years. So what the fuck is the point of the vaccine? And they've even come out and said that the vaccine won't prevent transmission of the virus. And it's not gonna stop you from getting the virus. And it's not really gonna help in any way. But everyone needs to get it. This is... You can't make this shit up. It's its fascinating. Now, don't take my word for it. I don't know shit. Let's talk to Dr. Bhakti, who uh, is a doctor, a real doctor, has a degree in immunology, all sorts of fancy certifications. In fact, I will actually read them to you so you know how legit this motherfucker is. His name is Sukarit Bakhti, M.D. He was born in Washington, D.C., educated at schools in Switzerland, Egypt, and Thailand. He studied medicine at the University of Bonn in Germany, where he received his M.D. in 1970. He was a postdoctoral researcher at the Max Planck Institute of Immunology and Epigenetics in Freiburg from 1972 to 1976. And at the Protein Laboratory in Copenhagen from 76 to 77, he joined the Institute of Medical Microbiology at Giessen University in 1977 and was appointed associate professor in 1982. He was named the chair of medical microbiology at the University of Mainz in 1990, where he remained until his retirement in 2012. Dr. Bhakti has published over 300 articles in the fields of immunology, bacteriology, virology, and parasitology, for which he has received numerous awards, and the order of merit from Ryland Palatinati. So this guy's legit. He knows what the fuck he's doing, and he's going to talk about how everything they're saying is, is bullshit, and how Tony Fauci is lying to us. And how none of this stuff is necessary. Social distancing, the the vaccine, none of it is justified. And it makes no sense. So here's Dr. Bhakti.
3: June of this year, a book titled Corona, False Alarm, exploded in Germany, became an instant bestseller. It asked a simple question, is COVID panic worse than the disease? The controversial co-author of this book... Uh, Corona False Alarm Facts and Figures joins us now, award-winning researcher, retired microbiologist, Dr. Sukrit Bakhadi. Uh Doctor, thank you for getting up early for all of us, for uh, all these policies, lockdowns, social distancing. Uh, which, in your view, has been the most injurious to the public and not suited to the science?
4: The looming vaccination.
3: So the vaccination on the issue of the vaccination, we'll get to that in a moment. But on the social distancing and the masks, just focusing on that for a moment, which of those two in your research and your work has been the most displaced? Both. Both have not not at all backed up by the science.
4: Zero science.
3: So why why are they pushing this? if zero science. I mean, they'll, they'll show videos of people coughing through masks and without masks, and it's terrifying well, people here is in the country.
4: this is something that we, and when I say we, it's um, hundreds and thousands of people uh, are standing up to say, please, all of you, sit down and think about this, read up on this, and then make up your own mind. Don't believe things that people are telling you. Think for yourself and come to your own conclusions. That is why we wrote this book. Because all the arguments saying, telling you why what you are doing is absolutely nonsense are in the, is in that book. And there's no question that is left open to you. All you have to do is go and read and think
3: and Doctor, on the issue of the vaccine tonight, Anthony Fauci, uh, on this network, actually said that 75 percent of Americans are going to have to get vaccinated to reach what they call herd immunity. Do you do you buy that?
4: What utter nonsense! I know that Doctor Fauci is a renowned
3: uh, immunologist, medical
4: scientist, and immunologist, but. What he says has to be wrong. And this is also what we have taken great lengths to explain in the book. And uh, why, you know, someone who says this has not the slightest inkling of the basics of immunology. And this is very, very surprising for someone of Dr. Fauci's standing. And I would dare to defy him anywhere in the world at any time. But I cannot do this in two minutes.
3: Well, so you believe that the COVID vaccine is not necessary?
4: I think it's downright dangerous. And I warn you, if you go along these lines, you are going to go to your doom. And it's so so unnecessary. Oh.
0: So there you have it. There's Dr. Bacati talking about how it's utter nonsense. I believe were his exact words, and it's it's all bullshit. And he's not the only one. But, but people will still go along with it, you know. People will just uh, listen to what they are told by Dr. Fauci because he's on TV. Unfortunately, that's the reality for most folks. But I think a lot of people are waking up, and that's why there's so much pushback from the mainstream media and so much censorship that's taking place and, and so much propaganda being geared against the so-called anti-vaccination movement because they're afraid. They're afraid people aren't going to take the vaccine. And like I said, I don't know what's in the vaccine. Nobody knows. How do we know? It's a new thing anyways. Nobody knows what the side effects are going to be. But what we do know is this whole lockdown thing that they're trying to do to us is destructive to human health in various ways. I mean, I mean, uh, a multitude. Uh, social isolation is, is a punishment. That's something that they do in prison. And it is one of the worst punishments you can ever do to anyone. It, it causes people to lose their minds. You need social interactions. We are social animals. So to deprive somebody of that is a very cruel thing to do. In fact, I believe it is classified uh, by the United Nations as a cruel and unusual punishment. But we still do it. They, they might call it different things, solitary confinement, uh, whatever. They have all these different names for it. In fact, I just... Uh, heard on Brian Christian's podcast, "The Last American Vagabond," which is great. By the way, you should check it out. He's talking about how in Israel they locked up all these little Palestinian kids, and they've been in social or in a solitary confinement for weeks now, and they're minors. They're they're young children, <laughs> and they they didn't do anything. They're just Palestinian, dude. The shit that's happening in Palestine is just beyond disgusting. Uh, the stuff that the the Israeli government does to those people is is insane, but they're never criticized for it. You know we're we're always told that anti-Semitism is the biggest problem in the world, but nobody is allowed to criticize the fucked up shit that the Israelis are doing to the Palestinians. I mean, I don't have a prejudiced bone in my body, but sometimes you have to call a spade a spade for what it is and and what Israel is doing to Palestine is very unjust. So I have another uh, thing that I want to share with you guys, going heavy on the clips today. Now, this is about the swine flu in 1976. So apparently, there was another epidemic-type situation, another pandemic, and the government told everyone to be very, very afraid of it, and... They were trying to get everyone to take this swine flu vaccine and it ended up being harmful to a lot of people. And this was in 1976. This is a real thing from uh, fucking, I think, like 60 Minutes or something.
1: Remember the swine flu scare of 1976? That was the year the U.S. government told us all that swine flu could turn out to be a killer that could spread across the nation. And Washington decided that every man, woman, and child in the nation should get a shot— to prevent a nationwide outbreak, a pandemic.
5: I don't need another flu shot. I had a flu shot last year. A swine
1: flu epidemic may be
5: coming. Swine flu? Man, I'm too fast today to catch me.
1: You'll want to be protected, especially if you're elderly or chronically ill. Get a shot of protection. The swine flu shot. Well, 46 million of us obediently took the shot. And now 4,000 Americans are claiming damages from Uncle Sam amounting to three and a half billion dollars because of what happened when they took that shot. By far the greatest number of the claims, two-thirds of them, are for neurological damage or even death. This virus was the cause of a pandemic in 1918 and 1919 that resulted in over half a million deaths in the United States, as well as 20 million deaths around the world. See how easy it is to... Thus, the U.S. government's publicity machine was cranked into action to urge all America to protect itself against the swine flu menace. Influenza is serious business. During major flu epidemics, millions of people are sick and thousands die. Well, this year you can get protection. The vaccines are safe, easy to take, and they can protect you against flu. So roll up your sleeve. Protect yourself. One of those who did roll up her sleeve was Judy Roberts. She was perfectly healthy, an active woman, when in November of 1976, she took her shot. Two weeks later, she says, she began to feel a numbness starting up her legs.
3: By the following week, I was totally paralyzed.
1: So completely paralyzed, in fact, that they had to operate on her to enable her to breathe. And for six months, Judy Roberts was a quadriplegic. The diagnosis? a neurological disorder called Guillain-Barre syndrome. This disease can even kill. Indeed, there are 300 claims now pending from the families of GBS victims who died, allegedly as a result of the swine flu shot. Judy, why did you take the flu shot?
3: I'd never taken any other flu shots, but I felt like this was going to be a major epidemic. And the only way to prevent a major epidemic of a, a really deadly variety of flu was for everybody to be immunized.
1: As part of informing Americans about the swine flu threat, Dr. Sensor's CDC also helped create the advertising to get the public to take the shot.
5: There's only one thing I can think of that hits harder than us. What can that be? The swine flu. It can knock you flat. So what's the defense for it, huh? Like our philosophy. You got to hit it before it hits you. You mean a shot? Yeah. You got yours? You better believe it. If swine flu wants to challenge me, I'm ready. Oh, me too, brother. Me too.
3: Get the
1: swine flu shot. Time is running out. Let me read to you from one of your own agency's memos planning the campaign to urge Americans to take the shot. The swine flu vaccine has been taken by many important persons. Example, President Ford, Henry Kissinger, Elton John, Muhammad Ali, Mary Tyler Moore, Rudolph Nureyev, Walter Cronkite, Ralph Nader, Edward Kennedy, etc., etc. Did you talk to these people beforehand to find out if they planned to take the shot? I did not know. Did anybody? I do not know. Did you get permission to use their names in your campaign? I do not know. Mary, did you take a swine flu shot? No, I did not. Did you give them permission to use your name saying that you had or were going to? Absolutely not, never did. Did you ask your own doctor about taking the swine flu shot? Yes, and at the time he thought it might be a good idea. Um but I resisted it because I was leery of having the symptoms that sometimes go with that kind of inoculation. A man with my government, because they knew the facts, but they didn't release those facts because they, if they had released them, the people wouldn't have taken it. And they can come out tomorrow and tell me there's going to be an epidemic,
3: and they can drop off like flies to next to me, I will not take another shot that my government tells me to take.
1: Meantime, Judy Roberts and some 4,000 others like her are still waiting. For their day in court.
0: So there you have it. Does that sound familiar? they are using all the celebrities to take it, all the propaganda saying everyone's got to take it and then there's harmful side effects. So this is nothing new. But this is something that they're going to keep from you. They'll never play this on the news. They'll never play this on the mainstream. It was really hard for me to even find this clip. I had heard it a couple times, but I wanted to share it with you guys um, so you could hear it for yourselves. It's been taken off of YouTube, of course. I was able to find it on BitChute, thankfully. But, um, yeah, there you have it, dude. The fucking swine flu of 1976. Causing adverse reactions. They wanted everyone to take it. There's all this propaganda surrounding it, and it ended up being really harmful to people. So, you know, you consider that for yourselves, and I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not a doctor. I'm not trained in anything. I barely know how to work this fucking computer. (laughs) But uh, I figured you guys might want to know about that. Now, continuing... Let's just talk more about the COVID-19. That's where the money is, right? That's what everyone wants to hear about. Are you tired of it yet? I know I am, but it's important to expose. This is an article by John Rappaport, who is a great journalist, and he is somebody who has been doing great work for a long time, but has been kicked out of the mainstream because of articles like this. And I'm going to read this to you as best I can. And this is, the title of it is called, The SARS-CoV-2 Virus Was Never Proved to Exist. Uh, You guys may have heard this claim, or maybe not, but this guy is going to explain how this virus has never actually been proven to exist. It's never been isolated. And he says, if you can't prove a virus exists, how do you create a test to detect it? How can you claim the test reveals that people are infected with the virus? Seems like a legitimate question to me. And we begin. My brother's cousin, who works at Harvard studying snails, says of course they've isolated SARS-CoV-2, and they've sequenced its genetic structure many times. I've written several articles documenting the fact that the COVID virus is missing in action. And when I say missing, I'm talking about two major confessions from both the CDC and a group of study authors in Europe. And in each case, these people were in the process of assembling instructions on how to perform the diagnostic PCR test for that very virus, the virus they said they didn't have. They didn't have it because they couldn't get it. They couldn't get it because no one had it. In other words, the existence of the COVID virus is unproven. Now, I want to point out three factors that produce a hypnotic effect. Even in the absence of the virus... These factors seem to indicate the virus must exist. I'm not talking about the government or media pronouncements, which are obvious. So he's talking about what scientists are actually doing. So number one, scientists and public health agencies claim they've isolated the virus. There's no reason to believe them. The term isolation is thrown around like a politician throws around the term the people. Isolation of a virus should mean it is separated out from all the genetic, cellular, microbial, and waste material that surrounds it. But don't assume when professionals are talking or writing that this is what they do mean. Do not assume that. For example, they often mean we have the virus in a dish in the lab. The soup in the dish contains human cells, animal cells, chemicals, toxic drugs, and other material. However, we know the virus is there and growing because it is killing the cells. Wrong. There is more than sufficient non-viral toxic substance in that soup That could be doing the cell killing. Further, the cells in the dish are being starved of nutrients. That factor alone could produce cell death. And obviously, the virus in the dish is surrounded by this mix of material. It is far from isolated. Number two, the following hypnotic effect ropes in some of the brightest medical and scientific professionals who otherwise challenge all sorts of medical dogma. It is, the genetic sequence of the virus is very well established. Many studies confirm this. Well, sure. If experts have mapped out the genetic structure of the virus, the virus must exist, right? Wrong. The sequence is uh, inferred. It is assumed. Inferred from what? The, The genetic sequence could be cobbled together from several sources. A piece or pieces of RNA that have been arbitrarily chosen as relevant clues, chosen according to a bias in favor of a certain type of virus. Bias? What does that mean? I'll explain. When a few dozen people in Wuhan fell ill back in 2019, there were a million ways researchers could have gone in trying to figure out the cause. Of course, as I've written, they could have looked out their windows and observed the horrific air pollution hanging over the city, and realized these unexplained cases of pneumonia had a ridiculously simple origin. But no. The researchers opted, as they always do, for a new virus, and they chose without a shred of evidence to look for a germ from the coronavirus family. That was the, the pre-planned the story, and that was the bias. From that point on, the die was cast. The genetic sequencing involved cobbling together by assumption and inference a collage of information into code which would satisfy the preordained scenario. They assembled a genetic sequence that matched what they were going for, which was a coronavirus. Now, don't imagine... Genetic sequencing is performed by people looking directly at a virus through a cosmic microscope and jotting down the names of rows of genes sitting side-by-side side like cars in a supermarket parking lot. So he's saying. It's not that simple, I guess. I don't fucking know. Number three, the hypnotic factor is the PCR test. If the test exists to detect the virus, the virus must exist. Wrong. The test, which has irreparable and fatal flaws, as I've documented is working at best from a fragment of RNA which is assumed to come from the virus. If the test appears to identify that fragment as relevant, the test result claims the patient is infected. People believe the test must mean something, and the only thing it could mean is it finds the person it finds the virus in a person or the virus isn't in that person's body, but either way, the virus is real. Wrong. The deck is stacked, the game is rigged, welcome to the deep medical state. As in any truly deep operation, only a small number of elite professionals understand the basic con. The rest are blind and accepting, some are willfully blind, they see the truth in a flash of insight, and then they shut up. However, in this mad COVID landscape, minds and doors are opening, the hypnotic haze is receding, the truth is coming out, doctors, scientists, reporters, and members of the public are discovering and rejecting the big con. And now we move on to the first smoking gun. Where's the coronavirus? The CDC says it isn't available. So the CDC themselves say that the virus is not available. Seems like it's readily available. Seems like there's a pandemic. Seems like everyone's fucking dying from it, right? So how is it unavailable? The the CDC document is titled, CDC 2019 Novel Coronavirus 2019 NCOV Real-Time RT-PCR Diagnostic panel. It was originally published in February 2020 and republished in July. Buried deep in that document on page 39, in a section titled Performance Characteristics, we have this. Since no quantified virus isolates of the 2019 NCOV, SARS-CoV-2, are currently available, assays, which are diagnostic tests, designed for detection of the 2019 NCOV RNA, were tested with characterized stocks of in vitro transcribed full length RNA. Now the key phrase there is since no quantified virus isolates of 2019 NCOV virus are currently available. So every object that exists can be quantified, which is to say measured. The term, uh, the use of the term quantified in that phrase means the CDC has no virus because it is unavailable. So the CDC has no virus. They're saying it can't be quantified. Quantified just means counted, accounted for. So anything that exists can be counted. It can be accounted for and measured. And they're saying they can't quantify it because the CDC has no virus because it's unavailable. So that's pretty fucking crazy, right? I mean, that's like a mind blower. How could there be no virus? We're in a pandemic. The the virus is killing everyone. I know people who have been sick, people say. I know, they were so sick, and this and that. Not saying people haven't been sick, but who knows if this was the cause of the sickness, what they're saying. I mean, we're lied to fucking constantly every day, so who knows what's really going on. Could it have something to do with radiation sickness? I don't know. One of the two most powerful public health agencies in the world can't obtain the virus from anywhere. Why? Obviously, because no one has it. A further tip-off is the use of the word isolates. Uh, This means no isolated virus is available. Another way to put it is no one has isolated, no one has an isolated specimen of the COVID-19 virus. So no one has isolated the COVID-19 virus, so therefore no one has proved that it exists. And as if this were not enough of a revelation to shock the world, the CDC goes on to say they're presenting a diagnostic PCR test in that very paper I'm citing to detect the virus that hasn't been isolated. And the test is looking for RNA, which is presumed to come from the virus that hasn't been proved to exist. It's kind of a fucking mind fuck, isn't it? (laughs) And using this test, the CDC and every other public health agency in the world are counting COVID cases and deaths. And governments have instituted lockdowns and economic devastation, using those case and death numbers as justification. If people believe you have the virus but it is not available, and you have the virus except it is buried within other material and hasn't been extracted and purified and isolated, these people believe the moon is made of green cheese. So, and he goes on and fucking explain more and more and more. And it's fucking fascinating, honestly. It's It's crazy. So yeah, yeah, I mean it seems pretty obvious that there must be a virus, right with everything we're being told um, but this guy makes a pretty pretty compelling arg- argument uh talking about how the people in control of everything that's happening right now, organizations like the CDC who are advising governments on what to do uh have don't even have the virus <laughs> so like what the hell? What's going on, man? How did you create the vaccine if you don't have the virus? What is in the vaccine? Did they really rush this vaccine, this process that takes 10 years? And, and they created a new prototype vaccine, which isn't even a vaccine traditionally. It's something different. It's an mRNA vaccine, which is something totally different than a normal vaccine. So the side effects are unknown. But they don't even have the supposed virus that is causing this sickness. So what did they use as a basis to create the vaccine? And you can't just assume that the people at these uh, giant companies like Pfizer and Moderna and AstraZeneca, you can't just assume that they're completely ignorant of this. They're probably really, really smart. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're really smart people to do this type of research. It's very... Uh, I don't know, a tough shit to do, <laughs> you know, crazy biology shit. Um, so you have to assume that they're in the know. I mean, they know what's going on and I don't know. It just blows my mind. How could you make a, v- a vaccine for a virus that like you don't, you can't even point to and say that this is the virus. And it begs the question once again, what is in the vaccine? What are they trying to put in everyone and why is it so important? I don't know. I'm just asking questions here. Don't shoot the messenger. But luckily, if you are a high business, a high-value business traveler, you're exempt from quarantine in England. So that's cool. From Saturday, some performing arts professionals, TV staff and elite sports persons will also be exempt. So if you're an important person in society, and you make a lot of money apparently covid-19 won't infect you and you can't infect anybody else with it you you will not be an asymptomatic carrier covid-19 will look the other way and ignore you and go and attack a poor person probably in africa since that's <laughs> that's what it does apparently uh you can't make this shit up it's it's awesome it's 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 fascinating so let us read a little bit about this what is what is the explanation of this Senior company executives are among travelers set to be exempt from COVID-19 quarantine restrictions for international arrivals in England, meaning they will not have to self-isolate for up to a fortnight. Recently signed elite sports people, performing arts professionals, TV production staff, and journalists will also not have to abide by quarantine restrictions if arriving from a country outside of England's travel corridor from 4 a.m. on Saturday. Announcing the move on Twitter, the transport secretary, Grant Shapps, said high-value business travelers would be exempt from quarantine rules in an effort to boost the economy, subject to specific criteria being met. So, dude, just to, like, reiterate how much the government and and these fucking assholes do not care about you, and that goes for the UK, goes for the US, Australia, New Zealand, whatever, name a country. The chances are... The people in control of that country don't give a fuck about the average regular person, but they're going to bend over backwards for somebody who makes a lot of money because they're getting kickbacks from that person. And uh, It's not about a virus. It's not about saving anyone from a virus. It's about changing the entire world and funneling all of the wealth, taking it away from the middle class, shutting down all small business, and giving all that money to the corporations, to, to the big boys at the top. That's what's happening. I mean, it's so obvious. How can no how can people not see that? Uh, you got to people got to stop fucking believing what they are told by politicians and people on the news. I mean, that's what they do is just lie. So, a shining example would be this how certain people are just exempt. They don't have to do the bullshit quarantine, but say you're a small business owner, you own a restaurant and, you know, maybe your grandma who lives in England dies and you have to go there and you want to Go to the funeral or something. You're gonna have to stay there for two weeks. Imagine how expensive that is too. To get maybe you had to stay in a hotel, a hotel room for two weeks, at what? At least a hundred bucks a night. I would say, I and mean, that's not even for a nice one. If you want a nice place, it could be two or three. For two weeks, that that's at least a few grand. You know, uh, at least fifteen hundred bucks on a low end hotel. But for a nicer one. Fuck, you could be spending three three to five thousand dollars plus all the fees, all your food. You gotta you gotta get everything delivered. You can't leave the fucking room. You gotta use Grubhub. It's amazing, dude. It's fucking amazing what's happening. Absolutely unbelievable. But this is what's going on. Now, in addition to that, talking about uh how employees refusing the COVID vaccination may forego privacy rights. So talking about how an employer could force uh, one of their employees to get the vaccination. And if they don't get it, they get fired. So it's time for COVID to pack its bags as promising vaccine news has swept global headlines. This is from the Toronto Sun. Of course, that presupposes we all will line up promptly To get the vaccine, personally, I can't wait. But I know that feelings aren't always mutual. So how will employers respond to those who refuse a COVID vaccine? Those bad, bad people. They don't care. They don't care about old people. They're trying to kill grandma. Many are asking if employers can force employees to vaccinate. Dude, if my boss fucking tried to force me to get a vaccine, I would probably punch him in the face. Like, fuck you, dude. To force an employee. (laughs) Like... Like they're their property or something like uh. so many are asking if employers can force employees to vaccinate employers are not permitted to mandate vaccination of employees An analogous comparison are the many organizations that host wellness clinics every year and encourage employees to take the flu vaccine. However, employees who do not want the flu vaccine may decline with impunity. In fact, the Ontario Nurses Association won two arbitrations in recent years challenging hospital-implemented vaccinate or mask policies during the annual flu season. Uh, In 2018, ONA took on St. Michael's Hospital, where it sought to strike down the policy requiring healthcare workers to wear surgical masks during their shifts if they failed to take the flu vaccine that year. Arbitrator William Kaplan, in his decision, found the policy is the exact opposite of being reasonable and makes no sense. Uh, In the 2015 case, ONA argued that there is insufficient evidence that masks reduce the transmission of the flu and that the requirement to wear a mask if unvaccinated was a breach of each employee's privacy rights. A mask signaled to the public that a worker was unvaccinated and too harshly infringed on an employee's right to keep their health care choices private. Uh, Blah, 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 for the record, I don't think... So this is in Canada but i've read things that uh say something differently that you can get fired if you don't take the vaccine because you you could be fucking up business like people might not want to shop at this store if they don't think everyone has been vaccinated because they're afraid that they'll get sick and they might use that as a selling point to visit this store like everyone at this restaurant has had the vaccine you can be safe here you can eat here so different countries do it differently. And this is where we get into the uh into the the gray area here. It says while employers may not be entitled to expect employees to get the COVID vaccine in order to return to work, employees too should not expect that they May be permitted to work from home indefinitely. While telecommuting has come a long way, if there is a legitimate requirement for an employee to return to work and that employee refuses to vaccinate, she may simply not be the right person for the job and frustrate herself or himself out of an employment agreement. So, a a nice way of saying you're going to lose your job if you don't get the vaccine. Uh, I suspect there will be a lot of litigation around this idea as telecommuting is fast becoming an employee expectation and not just a temporary measure to stop the spread. So there you have it. I mean, if you don't want to get the vaccine, then your alternate option would be to work from home. Which you can't do from ever. There's certain things you can't do from. I mean, you can't be an electrician from home. You can't be a plumber from home. <laughs> so, uh, so they just fire you because you you can't go in if you refuse the vaccine. They won't let you in the building, I guess. And uh, you can't do your job from home, so you lose your job. Um, this is where we're heading. I mean, what are we gonna do about it? Is anyone gonna? Can we push back on this? Is it too late? Is it too much to talk about are we going to let fear control us forever? I don't know. What even can we do? Have you have you thought about that? I mean, like what is the solution here when this problem is so vast and like so far reaching? And most people won't even like refuse the mask, you know? <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but it gives you something to think about and um, hopefully it gives you an, a, a different perspective than what you may be used to. That's all I'm here trying to provide you with. I don't have all the facts. Um, like I said, I kind of just do this on the side to uh, connect with people and, and kind of give them things to think about. So make up your own mind. Figure out what you want to do. And how you want to go about your life, considering that this is the new normal, as they say. As they stole from me in my song that came out way before this shit. But I guess that's all I have for you. I'm not going to shittily read articles all day. I got I got things to do. But I'd like to thank everyone for listening. I'll send you out with the tune. And I hope you all are doing great out there. What day is it? Today is... Wednesday, I'm going to try to do these things uh, on Wednesdays. Uh, I'm going to try to be good about it. I'm, I'm not very punctual when it comes to this shit, but maybe Wednesday will be my day. And you can expect more of these coming every Wednesday. All right, everyone have a good fucking day out there. Peace out.
5: song goes out to all the homeless people, and to all the people who look down on the homeless when they walk by and act like they don't even exist, not knowing they're only a few missed paychecks away from being homeless themselves, yeah. They live on the road Sleeping on the bridge with trolls A little bit gross Sit there alone With shit on their clothes Simpleton folk Not so rich or supreme With are extreme But no one seems to get to the dream Life is a drag Might have black Five on the sack A vitamin match A pipe and some crack The bike with the flat Right for attack But not the typers with that Like to get back So they might rise from the track Finding them at the bars, Local markets and skid rope. Know where they can go hard when you're dead, broke Hopeless and lost I don't think it'll improve like the home is a box and blanket Is a newspaper, food bank, CBT Cards and methadone high, swept it Aside so it's kept from the eye Left from the die cause we got rotten Hearts, no stores round here But the shopping carts, for the bums And the beggars who were starving and crazed For the war vet left without an arm And a leg, for the lunatic the hooker And the kids who walked trains, for the addict Shooting dope in his veins to stop pain For the folks we ignore cause they're down On their luck, for the guy outside the store Trying to scrounge up a buck, if Bills in your pockets, maybe give them a few Put yourself in their shoes, imagine If it was you, it's grim and it's bleak never knowing when he can eat. Rent is in cheap. Gotta put a tent on the street. Men of the week. Women in an awful position. Locked in the prison. Wishing for a pot that could piss it. Kids don't have a chance. Big holes in their pants. Would've grown it a chance, but they roll with the trams. Roaming the land. Seek silence. Picture in death. Live with regret. Hope it's on this liquor and meth. Yo, the city streets. teeming with diseases and drugs. Released by the gov just to fucking see what it does. Seeking the buzz. Trying to escape for a moment. Zoning in space. Don't even Know the place where they're going. Wait for atonement. Never get to harness the joy. When you're unemployed, problems become hard to avoid. Point has been breached. Poverty is off the charts. Now everything you own's in the shopping cart. For the bums and the beggars who are starving and crazed. For the war vet left without an arm and a leg. For the lunatic, the hooker, and the kids who wipe trains. For the addicts shooting dope in their veins to stop pain. For the folks we ignore because they're down on their luck. For the guy outside the store trying to scrounge up a buck. If there's bills in your pockets, maybe. To them a few. Put yourself in their shoes. Imagine if it was you. I feel for you though. I'll share my fucking meal with you, bro. And all I ask you in return is keep it real with me, yo. Now some you can't go to work, but some you cowards are fine. Bums begging from the stores, but now hiring signs. No desire for pride. Let the fire subside. Too tired to rise. Not even inspired to try. Life is a lie. Everything's a scam in some way. From Monday to Friday, to the sermon on Sunday. Don't run away. Take a stand. Change what you can. Don't be afraid to expand. Learn the of a man. Fantasy becomes reality after the mind makes it. Time not well spent is only time wasted. If you would admire greatness, go out and try and chase it. Take life's malice as a challenge and embrace it. Make it to the top if you got the heart. Then you'll actually be shopping with that shopping cart. Homage.